Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. back at it again it is post stand and deliver coming out of wrestlemania 38 week i've had about 16 hours to not talk about wrestling and here i am once again to talk about nxt 2.0 welcome to the wrestle talk podcast it is me it is me your true hill phenom sp3 back in the saddle once again with sat e niang yi for another mocha 2.0 edition of the nxt review that how you feeling uh Listen, you you talk about wrestling every day. This guy is like one of the hardest working guys in all of wrestling sports infotainment. Um, there's a few baffling decisions that you know Michael Hickenbottom and crew made on Stand and Deliver and also on this episode of NXT. So we call it we call it people by their birth names out here. We we not using slave names anymore. No. We, call it, we call it we call it we call it a Michael Hickenbottom, Matt Bloom. Uh, listen, Jean-Pierre Lafette, Lafette. <laughs> listen, if his mama calls him Michael, I'm going to call him Michael too. So he's Michael to me. Michael Hickenbottom's been booking some questionable takes, you know, and, you know, it, it's kind of like, I, I call it takesies, backsies. It's kind of like standing... Yeah. Right? Yeah, I feel like... pretty much. Pretty much. They both stand and deliver to set up the next two weeks of television. It's Here's the issue. They say stand and deliver, then he unstood and undelivered <laughs> then he sat he sat he sat down and he rejected that's yeah that's exactly that's what, what happened that's what he did but before we get into the review sat brought up something last week that i said i would bring up once again as you see i'm wearing property of the wwe performance center and it's not a shirt that i bought on wwe shop it's from the family it's from the family so yes sad you can ask me any question you want about all the right family. so cody Rhodes said wrestling has more than one royal family and it turns out sid government name redacted the first <laughs> i love you too much to spill out your to spill out the beans he's part of a prominent wrestling family. I was gonna ask you. So you got the stake in WWC in Puerto Rico as well, you know. <laughs> Brother, I know 
this is not 1983. No, no, I don't anymore. They, they, they lost that. But yes, I am, uh, I guess, well, not officially married. And I still have to put a ring on it, you know, do the ceremony and stuff. But I, you know, my, my kids are officially are part of the of the family they got the italian in them if Yo. you've seen any of my, my my social media posts my daughter has it a lot she has hey that forget about it. by the way do you know who aj Valanti uh, uh galanti is do you know who he is i i think he said it he's a part he's like a boss he's a mob boss right oh so listen um i might say on the main show as well i just want to let people know so aj galanti's on netflix is a show called um untold or un- untold crime and penalties his yeah. father has a garbage truck business, which is a front for something else, if you know what I mean. But the best part is, which I've forgotten, so I remember today, he had, an, he was 11 years old, he had a kid's party, and guess who came to the kid's party? You ready for it? Who? Triple H, The Rock, China, HBK, by the way, Michael Hickenbottom, get the connection now, and Honky Tonk Man. So his dad had that reach to get actual wrestlers to come to an 11-year-old party. He's a huge fan of wrestling, so they get it twisted. So, so Michael Hickenbottom, yeah, that Michael Hickenbottom connection came through like how many years later? Because he's around that age. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a bit older. He's no, he's your age. Because when he was eleven, I was like, what, eight, seven, eight? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's around my age when I was, uh, yes. when I was uh, eleven years old. What what was going on when I when I was eleven years old? Sean was the commissioner of the WWE and getting jumped outside by D Generation X. Um, <laughs> no, being being set up by yeah, being set up by D Generation X to get jumped outside by the corporation. I will never forget DX turned heel way before Triple H did <laughs> because they Wait. set him up in late nineteen ninety eight. Wait, that's not what. Wait, that's not. Yes, what that's happened. that's what happened. Literally, literally, they they were they walked out to. They was about to walk out with him, and then it was like, "All right, Sean, we'll see you." And then Triple H turned around to the camera and to the rest of DX, and they was like, "Are you sure?" He was like, "Yeah." And then they, when we came back from break, that's when Sean was outside, bloody on top of the car because Corporation beat him up. So that means DX set him up because they knew what was coming. What? Hey, how did I miss that? I always assumed that they were just a bit slow getting there. No. Nope. They they set him up. They set him up. I see. I I go back and watch it. It's from I think it's from like December nineteen ninety eight. I still hold on to that to this day. See, Seth. Seth I, I I gave Seth the alley to ask about the family, and he decided to talk about something else completely. So I just gave you a fact there. But we gotta get into NXT two So let's get to it. Here we are live for another edition of when bourbon meets espresso. It is Mocha 2.0 for the NXT 2.0 review for the Wrestle Talk Podcast YouTube channel. It is me, it is me, your true hill phenom SP3, back in the saddle once again with Set E Nyangi. What's going on, brother? How are you doing after a ridiculously busy? and tireful wrestlemania 38 week you know what i feel like you've done a lot of talking because for people that don't know sp3 is one of the hardest working guys in all of sports infotainment wherever you like to get your reviews of wrestling 
this guy's probably doing it. I mean, you got believe in wrestling. I mean, that's that's one of your big ones, one of your big shows. You got Sports Keda, you got Fightful, I'm booked. Oh, I'm cooked, I'm booked. Overbooked. <laughs> overbooked. <laughs> oh, listen. Oh, unbooked, overbooked, overbooked, overbooked. I'm not booked anymore. Oh, guys, I was gonna get to it. The gimmick, Sat E. E stands for static. I am static to be doing this show. This is our second week together. I know some people don't like change, especially when you when like we did a gradual thing of like we did some of the shows because some people haven't met us before, or mostly me, because SP3 has been all over the joint on the Wrestle Talk podcast YouTube channel. So you know who he is, but to see us together, we hope you guys watch the show and enjoy it because we do our best to actually laugh at some of the booking decisions. We're not going to do that much moaning. It's more like poking fun and enjoying ourselves. So thank you for joining the show. I'm happy to be doing this with my brother, who's so great he carries me and they never give me any responsibility because i'm one of those guys who just might tank everything so sp what's causing all of this well what's causing this episode of nxt uh 2.0 was basically the the i feel like the talk of this episode is that stand and deliver was really sit down and reject because <laughs> because nothing that happened on that show really mattered uh after nxt 2.0 after monday night raw for that fact because you know the fellas pete and luke they did their live watch along of the raw after wrestlemania and around hour one randomly they announced that the nxt championship is going to be on the line with dolph ziggler the man that defeated Braun Breaker inconspicuously because we watched it live over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Check that out. Sat was great over there for our watch along. And you could see our reaction of me like, what? What? On the weekend that they celebrate his uncle and father, Braun Breaker, who lost to Dawg Ziggler. And in actuality, he lost to a poke in the eye, running into an exposed turnbuckle, and a super kick. That was it. That took the unstoppable uh, one loss before then, uh, Ron Breaker, and had him lose in the main event of Stand and Deliver. And then we go to Monday Night Raw, the Raw after WrestleMania. And off like 20 minutes notice, Braun Breaker defeats Dolph Ziggler to become the new NXT champion. And that brings us to NXT 2.0 this week, where everything was mishmash and all in between. Uh, what was your reaction before we get into this episode of NXT 2.0? Of course, remember guys to drop a thumbs up on the video. It helps us out so, so much. We greatly appreciate all the support for this change, for this Mocha 2.0. We are, we are trying to get that push here on the Russell Talk Podcast YouTube channel. So show your support. You can send in a Mocha chat and we will talk about whatever you like, whether it be with NXT 2.0, whether it be with Stand and Deliver, whether it be with the Raw after WrestleMania, because we had stuff on there too, whether it be about the NXT new version of the champion with the rainbow colors, very LGBTQ plus, uh, I get confused with that sometimes. LGBTQIA. Uh, there we go. He knows it. Uh, very, very supportive of that. I like I like it. It was it was a relevant change for the logo and everything. So I dig that. And the ending, which sets up our new challenger. And we got to talk about the challenger on this show. So it's then in those mocha chats. If you want to talk about any of that stuff, it helps out the channel so much, helps us out greatly. And we love interacting with all of you on screen here. But yes, that uh 
what what did your what was your thoughts on the NXT Championship being changed hands just three just two days after Dolph Ziggler beats Braun Breaker? Braun Breaker beats him on the Raw after WrestleMania. Well, brother, thank you for setting it up. I feel like you had a few minutes of laying it up. You laid the story nice. I'm gonna give you a drink of water for that. <laughs> Let me say something for a second right there. Uh, it's kind of like so. One of the tropes I'm now developing is comparing past shows to now. It's kind of my thing. So imagine if WrestleMania 14, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin wins. And then after that, next night on Raw, he loses the title to Kane. You know, it doesn't really make sense. He loses it to Kane for some weird reason. Then the following week, he loses it. Uh, Kane loses it to Undertaker, which kind of undoes the whole ushering of errors. Because I feel like in WrestleMania, always tries to establish... This is the guy we're going with. And, and if there's anything to do with the crowd reaction in the CWC, it's starting to take its toll uh, on Bron Breaker's presentation because he, he got quite a mixed reaction there, which we'll get to. But in terms of Raw, um, at the time when um, Bron Breaker lost, I was like, hey, he's going to the main roster. We all assumed that. I was like, that's the only reason why he would lose the title. Then all of a sudden... You know, after giving him the seeker treatment of coming all the way <laughs> and seeing your son losing, because Roman Reigns <laughs> lost at WrestleMania. His dad, that is true. His dad was disappointed. You get to Raw. I don't know. What's better? Raw after WrestleMania, especially when the crowd was a bit meh, <laughs> or the actual stand and deliver show? I would have wished stand. Yeah. I would have thought stand and deliver because those people were actually there to see NXT. It, this Raw after WrestleMania crowd, it, either they were like tired or they just didn't know Braun Breaker that well. And that's understandable. He is a new star. He's only been around for about eight months now. So it's totally understandable that a lot of those people didn't know him. But yeah, they, I mean, the crowd reacted to the title change. They just didn't react to any of that matchup on the Raw after WrestleMania. He was just another guy, unfortunately. Even though uh, the positives is they're trying to create more synergy, I guess. Well, I don't know if the positive, because who knows? As soon as he loses the title, he might be, you know, Rex Steiner, finally. I mean, they well, acknowledge... he, he was referred to as Bronson on this episode here. Like, I don't know. Is it like a wink to the camera thing? Like like you said, you mentioned how a certain guy, a certain booker used to blur the lines between what's kayfabe and what's reality. And we started to get the Michael Hickenbottom as he's taken over as booker, which we see his style, which is kind of like ADHD, I guess. Yeah, this this episode was a very ADHD episode, but let's talk about the headline here, which is Braun Breaker's new NXT championship contender being set up on this show. So it's a tale of two parts, basically. So first, we got to talk about Braun Breaker, the new NXT champion. It felt, I, I said it, on, I tweeted out after the Raw after WrestleMania, it felt very Thunder Rosa at AEW Revolution where she lost there to set yeah. up the TV, the TV win, which I enjoyed that. Uh, this one was just a little bit more confusing for me because this was kind of set up for Braun Breaker's big moment the day after his uncle and father went into the Hall of Fame. But he won it on the Raw after WrestleMania in front of a record, uh, you know, a record rating for them, their biggest, their highest rating on Monday Night Raw since January of 2021 in front of a larger crowd in Dallas, Texas. Then he travels. He has to travel one day back to Orlando. So he comes out with the NXT Championship, which has a new colorful rainbow tint. What did you think about the new NXT Championship? Uh, I, I enjoyed the, the subtle changes because they could have went full Cena, spinner belt, where the belt looks like someone chucked paint on it. Even though the belt strap 
could have changed to fit more of the NXT logo. But I like there's more synergy with the new women's title, with the NXT title. I see Hector Rodriguez in the chat. ADHD is not at this. I'm saying that the booking didn't stay in one spot for too long. You know, lack of a better term. So no offense there, brother. Sorry if you did take offense to that. But yeah, the new title, I, I, I like the fact subtle because it could have been the wrong way. Because if you if you can envision, it could just look like paint splattering. It could look like a, a toy belt because the WWE title looks like a couple of toy belts. Yeah. The NXT title is one of the, the more good looking titles because, you know, you know, Paul Levesque, Hunter Hills Helmsley had a say in what the presentation were of the title. So I, I like the updated look. I did too as well. But, but like you said earlier, Braun Breaker had a very polarizing reaction from the CWC crowd. Uh, there were some fans chanting, we want Ziggler at the start of this promo, while others were chanting, no, we don't. Uh, Braun talks about the highs and the lows of his WrestleMania 38 weekend. He went to his first WrestleMania. He met superstars like Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Kevin Owens, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He says he made him realize that one day he will main event WrestleMania and motivated him to not leave Dallas without the title. So thus, he won the championship on the Raw after WrestleMania. But then Imperium interrupts, and it's Gunther, Gunther, uh, or Volta, whatever you, you know, whatever side of the fence you lay on. It's either way. Uh, Gunther challenges Breaker to face the best, and that's him. And Breaker accepts, and we have our main event. For the NXT after WrestleMania, Gunther versus Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. Before we even get to the matchup, what was your reaction to this start here and finding out that we're getting a main event that we both said would probably be more suitable for down the line for probably like some SummerSlam weekend where Gunther can finally win the championship or we can have that big matchup and a big victory for Braun Breaker. What did you think about it coming on the NXT after standing deliver? See, when I took on this show, I assume I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to find a positive spin on anything, uh, on everything. This, I couldn't find a positive spin because it's Gunter, Volta before. <laughs> but you know what? Now you have to call him Gunter because there's a difference between how Volta was booked and how Gunter is booked. Because, this is true. Yeah. So Gun for me, Gunter should be the destination. He should be like Braun Breaker should for me. If I was booking it, Michael Hickenbottom, he would run through everyone. Then Gunter is the guy that he faces at SummerSlam time. Even though Carmelo or do a triple threat, whatever. But Gunter should not be a pit stop. He's not a pit stop. He's the destination. But yeah. they decided on free TV, everything's free nowadays. But on a, a random TV show, because it wasn't, it wasn't, I don't know, for me, it wasn't announced. So you can just say, I'm yeah. going to miss NXT for people that like to watch the show live. You're like, ah, it's just going to be a post-match thing. They decided to, to un, 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 you know, prepared, unpromoted, put Gunter versus Brom Breaker live on TV. And the ending, we're going to talk about the ending later, right? I might save the ending, how I felt about the ending. But yeah, for me, it was the wrong thing to do at the time. There's so many guys on the roster, but you know, People like Exion Quinn, who hasn't done anything weeks, just give it, you know. I'm pretty sure. I know his name. I know his name. I know his name. I know his name. I said it right. Exion Quinn. I see the X. I heard I had to say his name. Exion Quinn. You know, Exion Quinn giving all like words of wisdom backstage. He could be having a match. Baby faces, baby face, shaking hands. Anyone could have done it. Hey, even Duke Hudson, whose stock continues to plummet, he could have had that match. Heck, Harland who, you know, does moves like he's like nails. He could have had a two-second match in there. You know, There's so many guys, but yeah, 
Gunter was wasted. The mystique is, is, is going because they're not protecting him. Michael Hickenbottom, I know you want to impress Vince, but there's a better way than booking him like than booking him like Bruce Pritchard. First is the name change, then it's the music, and then we're going to get into what happened in the main event. But like I said, it's a tale of two halves to set up the new challenger of Braun Breaker because throughout the show, we had Joe Gacy cutting his usual promos, but it was more frequent on this episode. First, we get Joe Gacy's backstage with Harlan, and he's talking about the importance of family. He says, and I quote, through blood or bond, having someone you trust is the most important thing in life. They know everything about you, and it's imperative to success. And if you don't have family, it only leads to self-destruction. While Harlan is twitching in the background, I just had to mention that. I feel like he's probably holding in a huge dookie they need to let out in the loop. (laughs) So I'll give laxative. It will ease up if you take some laxative. That's what it is. Harlan is okay. Um, I'm glad you said that. We go to our second one, our second segment, where where Joe Gacy is talking about chaos and calling your family when chaos erupts. Your mother, your father, brother, sister. He says what happens when you can't control that chaos, then the chaos controls you. And this sets up the finale of uh, of his of his promos here, and it sets up our main event. So the main event, I, I literally put in my notes for the main event. This should have been the main event of an NXT special at the very least, at least a special episode. Give me this on the Great American Bash. Give me this on Vengeance Day. Give me something. This is, should not just be on the NXT After Mania with all the title matches that we're going to talk about later. They set up for right. next week's show. They should have put one of those in the main event spot uh but uh, once again the cwc crowd uh chants not my champion at braun breaker and others chant yes he is uh we also get the we won ziggler and no we don't chant again early on uh gunther hits an overhead uh, overhand chop at one point and does an impressive leapfrog followed by a big brute to braun very early here uh braun hits hits a big spear he goes for the cross the gorilla press and then his but his shoulders banged up from all the damage all the matches he's had stand and deliver raw after wrestlemania and braun i will say this was probably his best selling job in this matchup because he had that that, he had that look of like panic on his on his on his face after that gorilla press when he first injures the shoulder very much the match is focused on that got the working over the shoulder he hits a couple of uh hard chops until braun blocks one they trade german suplexes gunther hits a, a chop and breaker comes back with a lariat uh breaker goes for a suplex but gunther goes after the injured shoulder braun hits an impressive belly to belly to gunther uh then uh breaker rushes him but he gets hit with a drop kick gunther follows with a power bomb for a near fall he hits the the top rope splash for a near fall the cwc crowd is like very much into this at this point they're chanting this is awesome we get the short arm lariat by gunther for a two gunther once again goes on the top rope but breaker catches him with a spear in midair he picks him up uh but uh and nail he nails a couple of shots himself they get a strike exchange and then finally braun hits a lariat and follows with the gorilla press uh 
power slam for the win. I thought that this was a really good main event and arguably one of Breaker's best matches because he showed a lot more here. He had very good selling in this one. He survived Gunther's greatest hits, all the matches he's beaten, like Pete Dunne and Tyler Bade and uh, Ilya Dragunov with. And then Braun only becomes the second man in WWE to defeat Gunther one-on-one. -on -one. And then we get to the post-match where we set up the new challenger. We see Rick Steiner, the WWE Hall of Famer on, on screen. And he says, good job to Bronson, not Braun, Bronson. He says, good job, Bronson. I'm very proud of you. But then they pan out and we see that Rick is tied up in a damn cage, like an animal. Like, like a kidnap victim. And Joe Gacy and Harlan are there. Gacy says he told Braun the importance of family. So we discover he's been talking to Braun Breaker this whole night. And this is the first time we realize this. And then he says, let's see if we can teach this old dog some new tricks before the show closes. I am hoping that somebody in the CWC, somebody backstage, or Braun Breaker himself called the police because his father has been kidnapped. And that's how we close the show on that cliffhanger. What was your thoughts on the main event and everything concerning Joe Gacy leading up to the big reveal that he has kidnapped a WWE Hall of Famer? First of all, you just confirmed that Joe Gacy snitched on, him, snitched on himself on live television <laughs> that he's a kidnapper. But yeah, I put out my notes that like this was the biggest test of Ron Breaker's young career. And that uh, in the match, the things that stood out is he had less of a timing problem because sometimes Braun has issues of, of how to get A to B because it's, always, it's, it's not always about how pretty you do the moves. It's all about how convincing you look and, and also uh, his timing was great. The way he sold the, sh he sold, he sold the show. <laughs> hey, uh, my, my partner wouldn't allow it. So, yeah. I broke it across I the train sheet because that was a great comment, Abby. <laughs> I peeped that too. I was like, what is he doing? I got, I got, I got, no, but you know, listen, the, I got them lights. I got headphones that, you know, <laughs> noise cancelling headphones. It gets really hot in here. As you already say, I'm really glistening. So I want to reduce the glisten that you see on screen, guys. So yeah, Brombreaker <laughs> Breaker did a great job of selling the shoulder injury. Uh, it felt like Gunter gave all his best moves. He did a power bomb. He did a splash off the rope. And a lot of people complain about how Gunter has lost too much weight. But I feel like with the weight loss is the increase in speed and, and agility. Yeah, he used to be like a big man with agility. By now, it seems much more uh, e uh, easy and, and fluid in the ring. And the same people that complain about Gunter's weight loss, they're the same people that, you know, start fat shaming uh, Keith Lee and Samoa Joe for putting on extra pounds. So you can't have it two ways. If a, if a man wants to get healthy, I can never weep about a man looking healthy. He, you know, his life expectancy goes up. <laughs> by 15 years and he's getting some good loving from Ginny as well Ginny's giving him some loving and he's giving him some abs as well so he's looking great in the ring but Brom Breaker the only issue I had is Brom Breaker beat him with one military slam with a great spear he did before that like, that looked like a harpoon that spear was whoo you can tell he was an NFL player but my only issue was Gunter is a kind of guy when he was Walter or Volta that you made storylines out of you couldn't beat him he was the final boss but the fact that Brom Breaker's done it Knowing WWE and booking logic, they're going to go at it again at a special, but it's going to be, what we say, like, it'll be reduced value because we've seen it before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, the, the final uh, segment, um, 
question mark. It's like a wait and see. With WWE, it's always wait and see. I can't form an opinion until next week because WWE don't, wrestling in general, don't have a great history of booking kidnap angles. It usually turns corny or hokey. This may, they, it, this will be the make or break for Bron Breaker because if his storyline tanks, the crowd's going to turn on him. Any crappy acting performances, you know, the crowd will turn on him. And it should have been Joe Gacy in this match. And, and Thank you. I, I don't want to live in this world or this universe where Volter is used to set up Joe Gacy. And I like Joe Gacy. I'm a big Me fan too. of Joe Gacy. I've seen Joe Gacy when he was here on the East Coast, burning, uh, you know, tearing it up for CZW, tearing it up for every independent promotion out here in New York. But I, this, there's something wrong with this whole entire universe where this version of Joe Gacy is the guy that they're setting up for the big special paper, the big special main event with Braun Breaker over Valter. We see we beat Valter on t on a random episode of NXT. Yes, it's the NXT after WrestleMania. I didn't even know that was a term until this show, but apparently that's a term now. But the NXT after WrestleMania, you could have done Cameron Grimes versus Sola Sokoa. Like that's set up for next week. You could have done something with Mandy Rose defending the NXT championship against Cora Jade. Of uh, you know, because Cora didn't lose at a stand and deliver. You could have done that on this show. I don't want to live in this world where you have to make Valter lose on TV just eight months after TakeOver 36 with his first big loss against Ilya Dragunov to set up Joe Gacy as the challenger. I hope that, I really hope that this is this is Joe Gacy losing to Braun Breaker to set up Harlan versus, versus Braun Breaker. Now that's a convincing matchup of big dudes, big, big meaty men slapping me. Maybe that, that is my, what I'm hopeful for. But I don't want to live in this world where Valter has to lose on TV to set this up for a kidnap angle. The, the last kidnap angle that worked was when The Undertaker turned around and said, where to, Stephanie? And that was 23 years ago, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a while mm -hmm. since that paid off. The last one that I remember before this one led to Paul Barra dying on TV for like the fifth or fourth time. You know, we had the cement truck thing. Then I think it was Edge. Egg. Edge kidnapped him and then Kane saves him and then puts him in an ice chamber and, he, and they they kill him off again. They kill Wait, off the character again. Are you are you hinting there's going to be some ODL reference? In oh, and God, I hope <laughs> not. I hope I didn't just put that in the air. Please, please, no. And what was Scott in, in all of this? I assume it's like they must have kidnapped him during like Hall of Fame weekend, WrestleMania weekend. I mean, there, there's so much questions I have, but that's the whole point of a cliffhanger. We have to wait next week, guys, to see if this storyline leads to better things or is it going to be a wrestle crap moment? I'm, I'm, pre I'm pretty much going to go on a limb here. And I think this might have a little wrestle, might have a sprinkle of some wrestle crap in it because I'm just, yeah, I'm not feeling this at all, ladies and gentlemen. I've, I've stayed positive on all my NXT reviews on WrestleTalk Podcast YouTube channel because I understand what this show is. Tempest said it best. It's a bad show with good qualities, but the good qualities were very much overshadowed by a lot of bad on this show. And Gunther losing in the main event, followed by a kidnapping angle, was just not my cup of tea. Not what I'm looking for as a professional wrestling fan.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. what the people are looking for set do we have any mocha chats in the chamber from the fine folks watching this mocha 2.0 episode yeah we've got a couple here first is from my one of my favorite guys the mayor of painesville dan he says they bring him to the usa they change his name they change his music they split his group they hand him a clean loss on tv Volta is the best signing this company has made in 20 years. And then Nick Khan says he can't find stars. This company, guys, it takes a lot to annoy a lovely soul like Mayor Panzo Dan. Dan is affiliated with WXW, which is like one of the home promotions of Volta. So you can understand why he is feeling like the, the NXT is slapping him on the nostril. 
This guy is their biggest star in Europe. You bring him to America. He gets in the shape for you guys. He said himself on Twitter, all he's missing is giving blonde hair, and that's a wrap. <laughs> yep, that's 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 in line with what they would do, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, I, I feel for Dan because Dan is one of the nicest folks out there, especially in this wrestling community. And to be able to piss him off, it must take so, so much. So, so much. So I, you know. I'm, I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry what they're doing to Walter. Because we didn't even get to that part. We didn't get to them, what they did with this group on this show. We're going to no. get to that shortly. No. Do we have any more, more Mocha Yes, chats? we do. Before I, before I, I, I wrap up, yeah, Mayor, Pans, Mayor Painesville Dan donated $5. The next one is from Amon Kellen, donated $20. He says, hi, guys. I can't bear to watch that steaming turd of a show. <laughs> After loving the black and gold glory days, here's a few dollars to soothe the pain of having to watch it. Thank you, sir. Love the entertainment. Moco Wednesday, guys. Provide Life from Ireland. Jam that jam. Yeah, we jamming. We jamming. We hope jamming. you love jamming too. <laughs> We're jamming, 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 jamming. See, we need we need Sat to sing the song, and that's gonna replace the 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 rock version for Yo. us. That's what we should do. <laughs> Yay! We jamming. This is why. This is why you're the talent, and I'm the booker. This. <laughs> no, you're the talent as well. You're the talent as well. Let's start. Let's start with the beginning of the show. Yes, SB, hit us with it. Yeah, so we got to go back to the beginning of the show. So after the promo, we literally uh, had the Brock Lesnar puts the forklift into Roman Reigns' car because the Creed brothers come out to confront Imperium and they immediately go to break before anything happens. And then when we come back from break, we get a, a recap of what happened during the commercial where the Creed brothers attacked uh, Imperium to set up this tag team opener. So uh, they kickstarted during the uh, break and we joined in process. In, in, pro in process, excuse me, in progress. Um, commentary talks about the return of uh, Cody Rhodes a bit in this one with Wade Barrett praising Cody as a global superstar and says that he can't wait for him to add the WWE title to the Rose mantle. Mm. This makes this this is making me feel like they are still keeping those titles separate, the WWE title and the Universal title, despite them calling it the Undisputed Universal Championship. I just had that in my nose just for just to say that. Um, the advantage swings back and forth between the two teams. We get a loud uh, cannonball chant for uh, Brutus Creed. I love that chant because that was one of the high spots of that three-way at Stand and Deliver. Imperium, uh, they get controlled with Eitner coming in and clotheslining uh, Julius, but then he tells uh, Marcel to come on and tag him in. Um, Barthel is uh, actually bleeding at this point from the eye. Imperium goes for a double team, but Fabian doesn't hit the double team. He just decides to walk out on Marcel Barthel. And then the Creeds hit their double team, followed by Julius with the sliding lariat for the win. I thought this match was solid, sad, but very confusing on why or how Fabian Eichner found a reason to walk out on Marcel Barthel. They literally did not set this up at all. He literally hits the clothesline on Julius. He's like telling Barthel to like, come on. But that was it. That was the only foreshadowing that he was about to walk out or turn on his partner. What did you think about this? 
So uh, I have a theory. Oh, I have a theory. Oh, Are you ready for this theory? I'm ready. I, know you, I don't think you're going to like it. It's a good thing you're sitting down. All right? Guys, with me on this. Fabian Eichner, the least sounding Italian name ever. Fabian Eichner is Italian. Oh, he's Italian? <laughs> Oh, Fabian no, Eichner. Fabian, yeah, yeah, Fabian Eichner is, is Italian. Yeah, yeah. Marcel Bartel. Yeah, yeah. Marcel's more French. He's German. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fabian Eichner is Italian, right? Yes. You know I'm going with this, right? There's a new dawn of NXT who needs to expand his group. I don't know. Next week, come in with some goat chains and some tracksuits. And <laughs> so you see the light. He's going to join the dawn. I don't know. If they're going to break up Imperium, I do, I do not have a good feeling of both guys succeeding by themselves. Fabian Eichner actually existed in the early days of NXT by himself, didn't have much success until they put Imperium together. So me, that suggestion or that theory is much better than him being a babyface or them fighting each other. Because like you said, it's not months of build-up where fans are, are growing, you know. It's not like in that other show where they do little subtle nuggets of, of infighting. You know, with certain best friends are not getting along. This one, it, yeah, they lost the title. It should have been built up. If they do break up, no one will care because it came out of nowhere. The heels. Who's the baby fist? Marcel, because he got that busted eye. I felt sorry for him. He's like, my mate left me behind a bold son of a, you know what? But yeah, I hope it's just, uh, I don't know. Can you get back together? Would you be happy if your tag team partner left you behind? I don't know. So yeah, Imperium might be breaking up, but we've got a new tag team to replenish all of that yeah it was like it was like we can't have that many tag teams so we had to get rid of one we had to get rid of one uh former nxt uk tag team to bring in another so post-match we got the creeds are hit from behind with steel chairs to the back and the attackers then finally the attackers are revealed the attackers from the parking lot are revealed as former nxt uk tag team champions pretty deadly but not the pretty deadly you've grown accustomed to. If you watch NXT UK, it wasn't Lewis Holly and Sam Stoker. It nope. was Elton Prince and Kit Wilson because yes. you got to 2.0 them up and change something. If you're not going to change the tag name, you got to change their individual name. So what did you think about the reveal? I, I got to hand it to our live chat here. Our live chat last week was the I ones that it. brought up mm -hmm. Pretty Deadly. It wasn't in, it wasn't either of us. So what do you think about Pretty Deadly being revealed as the attackers of the Creeds? First of all, uh, random name generator strikes again. Elton Prince. Someone's a huge fan of Elton John and Prince. Kit Wilson. Yeah, man, there's a bunch of gobbledygook names. Uh, I'm not hugely familiar with Pretty Deadly. If you squint your eyes, they look like a taller version of Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? No, they look like Rock and Roll Express back in the 1960s. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not too familiar. So I can't say, oh, I'm pretty stoked to see this. They won NXT tag team titles in the UK. Oh, great for them. They now got a new tag team in the, in the US. Oh, that's good for them. So I'm just going to wait and see because the whole area code situation doesn't make sense. If they're no. UK guys, why is it, I got, a, I got a call from this number, from this area code. I'm from the UK, so I don't know. They all gobbledygook to me. Oh, so what's the, the whole point of the area code? So for me, it doesn't make sense. A bunch of English lads. So yeah, good for them. Yay. <laughs> Hey, maybe they got an Obama phone. They got a burn. They got a burner phone. Got a they, burner. They, they, just, they just wanted to shoot some text from a burner phone. That makes sense. If you don't want them, you, you got to throw them off your scent. You, you send, you get a burner phone with the Boston area code to throw them off. I get it. 
sure. Look at you being the positive one spinning things. How did we get here? Is this what Freaky Friday on a Wednesday? My goodness. I think I think I, I think I've just talked about way too much wrestling throughout the week. I'm just gonna try to make sense of this. Oh. <laughs> but I, I am happy for Pretty Deadly. They're getting the opportunity in front of a larger audience. Really, I'll be honest, I wasn't watching NXT UK when they were NXT UK Tag Team Champions. This is where I kind of fell off of NXT UK for a while, and I haven't really picked it back up. There's way too much wrestling for, for me to watch. So I, yeah. I eventually, if there's a match for, that people tell me to watch, I do watch NXT UK, but I missed out on Pretty Deadly. But uh, uh, I'm I'm happy for any new blood on this NXT 2.0 episode. It gives it the feeling of the NXT after WrestleMania. So at least there's that. Yeah, my first impression was like, ah, man, Not, they got like they got wavy hair. I guess that's the thing. They made it be pretty deadly, right? So yeah, it's pretty in a deadly way. <laughs> Pretty in a deadly way. There you go. Toxic Attraction, speaking of pretty deadly, uh, are here. They're in the interview. Uh, they talk about uh, regaining the tag team gold tonight as they got a rematch with Gigi Dolan and JC Jane versus Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. And Mandy Rhodes finish things off with their catchphrase. They are just not, they're not just Toxic Attraction. They are the attraction. I can't wait for that t-shirt. They're not just the bar. Wait, no, they're not set the bar. Wait, they're not just the bar. They are the bar. Yeah. yeah. I just wrote I just wrote down toxic attraction promo because there's a whole lot of nothing. It's a generic promo where they're saying, you know, are we want our title back? You know, we weren't ready. My shoe was untied and so forth. So that's where it was. But the next promo SP. Well, first we had we had uh, the uh, a little a little shot of Lash Legend and Nikita Lyons getting ready for tonight's big matchup with Wade Barrett saying the the timeline is gonna get thirsty tonight and it it did it, it properly did. I got some nicknames <laughs> and everything ready. I did a list. I did a list for Twitter. We gotta get to it. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. We got your list of the names for Lash Legend and and Nikita Lyons. Uh, next we had an in ring promo, and the new North American champion is here. Uh, Cameron Grimes. He speaks about uh basically making good on his promise and making his dad proud. He says time stood still when he stood on top of the ladder, stand and deliver. And Cameron talks about working hard to prove his dad right and show why he is a WWE superstar. He says, and I quote, but don't you worry. I'm not going to become complacent. He will make sure the title uh, goes up and down on multiple trips to the moon. So I, this felt more like the swagger of the old Cameron Grimes. So thank you, WWE, that you you aren't you aren't overkilling the sympathetic part of him. I felt the swagger back again. But he's interrupted by a surprising person, Sola Sokoa, who is in that ladder match at Stand and Deliver. He interrupts Grimes and congratulates him on becoming champion. He tells Grimes that now comes the hard part where he has to hold on to the championship. Solo says championships go all through his bloodline. Great line. Great line by Solo Sokoa. It led to the Uso chant, of course. Uh, Sokoa says, a champion needs a challenger, and that challenger is me. And Grimes accepts his challenge, and they shake hands, and Sokoa brings him in to intimidate Cameron, and this sets up a North American Championship match for next week. What did you think about this promo? 
oh, that intimidation factor hasn't worked since Rock and Austin. It was a bit, the timing was a bit off. I thought they were going to kiss at one point. I was like, kiss him, kiss him. You know, you want to. I feel the tension. It's so nice. Um, Cameron Grimes coming out with a North American title in the promo. He got a little bit of that swagger back. Because uh, forgive me if I seem insensitive of him uh, doing a tribute to his father. I, that wasn't the issue. My issue was, it, it like, there's a way to do it without losing. I know he's trying to be sincere, but it came to the point where he lost all the charisma that was him. This, yes. it, like, it could have been, you could be defiant and angry. He chose the sad route. That for me was a bit too much. If it was angry, like, I'm doing this for my dad. If he was like, I'm fed up, I've been here for a while. If it was like a pumping, empowering promo, I'm with it. It just it, it went to the point where it was just a bit too much for I me. think I think ever since Big Show cried during the authority angle back in 2013, anytime a baby face cries, they lose credibility a lot to fans. I think yeah. that was the issue for me personally. It just totally was a 180 from this cocky you know, swagger-filled Cameron Grimes character who was stacking money to the moon, but we felt a little bit back of that in this promo, right? Yeah, 110%. I even wrote down that uh, the reason it I can't, finally came to my attention that probably the reason why it's taken him so long to win a North American title is because the change of from black and gold to NXT 2.0. So yeah. they had to push different wrestlers. Uh, you know, Carmelo Hayes had to get pushed to the forefront because he won the breakout tournament because they finally made up a reason that, that the breakout tournament can be like money in the bank. So that you can see that whatever players they could have had from him after his feud with LA Knight had to be, you know, put to one side at the moment. So he was one of the victims of the of the change. So that for me, this title would have come to him if the change didn't happen, possibly, because it looked like he was on the cusp because he, like, he was like one of the upper mid-carders that was rising through the card that deserved the North American title. Uh, Solo Sokoa, you know what? I, I didn't when he first came out because at the moment he's like a tweener, more of a tweener baby face because he's not someone that's you know slapping hands and I'm gonna do this for America or Samoa or whatever. He's more or less just the guy who wants to kick ass. Uh, I like the line he he when he said, You know about my bloodline, you know, he, you know, he's like championships run through my, bro- that's my bloodline. That's it, exactly. That was a great line, mm-hmm. that was a great line. yes. I, I, I had to make a note of that. I was like, He mentioned his bloodline because they, they start trying, you know, so low, so low, but you know, ooh, so uh, the match is destined to be Liddy. That's what I put down. It's going to be Litty because every week NXT has that match of the night, you know, every week. We, we, we I roll over the Idusha and you know, and index stuff, but you also have a great match, so I can't wait for Solisico and, and Grimes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a good match for next week. They got a plenty of good matches, we'll get to them. Uh, another one that they set up for next week after the uh Harlan twitching in the background of the first Joe Gacy uh, promo. We see Draco Anthony watching the promo and Zion, Zion Quinn comes into the locker room and says, don't listen to that. But Anthony says, don't tell me what to do. He's like, don't tell me what to do, dad. What are you doing, dad? Um, so Quinn says he needs a lesson in respect. So that sets up Zion Quinn versus Draco Anthony for next week's show. I'm sorry, NXT. These are two characters I don't really care about. That's not what happened. Draco Anthony went, back up, back up. Mind your business. That's just mind just, your business. Just, just mind your business. That's all. Just mind your business. So I love Exion, man. That guy has ways with words. He speaks with so much wise conviction. He's destined to be in a sword and sandals epic like 300. Spartacus or Game of Thrones. Who really talks? I'm like, my man should be on the screen. Because you can't say he um, when he talks. Uh, he, he holds my attention. He reminds me of like guys like 
low-key and and Damien Priest before they butchered him. Guys, when they talk, whoo, you should do like voiceovers for my show or something. Exion Quinn's got a future doing movies because you know that guy he can talk or voiceovers. He should do the oh, voiceovers yes. for NXT. He's so wise. I think that's what Drake was like. Enough of your wise wisdom. <laughs> I'm <gonna> slap you. <laughs> I think Draco is part of the conspiracy. He he helped kidnap Rick Steiner. As I'm thinking he bugged out and he went somewhere. And they all it takes three people to take down a Steiner. That's what I'm saying. Just mind your minutes. That's all. Just mind your minutes. Yes, yeah, so you will hear a lot of Fresh Prince references, older other black sitcoms. I got a hot take. Bel Air is very good. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, I haven't seen um, it. See yeah, it. see it. It's very and, good. And um, three people argue with me. It's Exion. That's his bloody name. All right. <laughs> That's how it's spelled. That's how it's spelled, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we once again see Index and Dusha uh, footage from Stand and Deliver. I had a big ug to this whole segment because this is now the third freaking time I've had to watch this stuff because they showed it on the pre-show. The pre-show that I watched because I never know when they're going to actually have the match on the pre-show. So I had to watch the whole pre-show where I see all this nonsense and I then I had to watch it on the show leading up to the voting of 89% voting for Index over Dusha. And then uh, we get Dexter Loomis versus Duke Hudson. Before we get to the ring though, Tiffany Stratton is in interviewed and tiffany says about saray she talks about saray costing her her match last week and she says i'm not a loser so and mandy rose really upset. mandy rose 1.0 had a privileged girl promo and i was like oh next oh, oh, oh. daddy oh who do you think daddy is daddy better be someone like uh michael ps hayes <laughs> that would be the best way that'd be the best payoff Call to daddy, do do do. Are are they get W uh the, the former WrestleMania main eventer Donald Trump to be her daddy? That's yeah, you said you were gonna get that. You know, no, but just that. That's <laughs> another that's, reference to Fresh Prince because Donald Trump was on Fresh Prince as well. And also, <laughs> that's the dirtiest thing ever come out your mouth. Donald Trump is who's daddy? Yuck! <laughs> on to Duke Hudson versus Dexter. Duke Hudson versus Dexter Loomis. Uh, Barry talks about Persia calling him the founding father of Dusha, another father reference. And they also bring up Ezekiel debuting last night. And Barrett was hilarious saying that, Ezekiel, yeah, I used to team with him in the core. <laughs> great stuff by Barrett. Barrett is not always by my cup of tea on this show, but he that was a great line. I love that. Uh, Duke hits the Samoa Joe corner Uranagi, just not as good. Uh, CWC starts chanting, sounds like Dukey at Duke for the <laughs> Dusha name. Barrett talks about Beth Phoenix fraudulent marriage certificate and says index marriage isn't legally binding. I have more notes on the commentary than the actual right? match. Right, right. <laughs> Loomis makes his comeback. He hits a big spine buster where Indy pushes uh, Dexter's, uh, I mean, Duke's leg off the ropes on the pinfall, but he still gets a two. Then outside the ring, they have a tug of war with the two ladies holding on to their two men while the two men are holding on to each other through the ring post. They both plunk into the ring post and both couples are laying on the floor as it causes a double count out and the cwc chance that was stupid one of the best chants of the whole entire night because that was clearly accurate what did you think about this one i think this match i wrote down was a mayor of painesville dance special this is <laughs> like because dan's the biggest fan of this angle so this was for you dan this is for you um for me i felt like 
this feud is really about Indian Persia. And if it was me, <laughs> you'd think they're setting up both guys running off together and leaving the women behind because all the women's been is an albatross. Duke Hudson, your career has not gone where you want it to go since post haircut. This woman you're with is actually making you lose. But I feel like they're going to turn into an odd couple tag team, which is a shame because Dexter Loomis has been in, in NXT for too long. He should be chasing after the 24-7 title, forming an odd pairing tag team with R-Truth, where R-Truth is clueless to the fact that he's murdering people. That's why. <laughs> he's that's, already... that's why R-Truth holds on to the 24-7 title, because Dexter's killing people. Right? You know what I'm saying? The, 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 it's there. R-Truth... And I'm now, I'm now like booking itself, you know, our truth and Dexter Loomis. Great. It, it could be tag team champions because of how over they could get with this, the skits itself. Our truth is already oblivious. Like you killing people too, dog. Oh, he's like, oh, you got, I got, I got things in my refrigerator too. You know, there's so many things that can go with that. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a Mayor of Painville dance special. That's what it was. Well, I'm glad somebody liked this. So, Dan, uh, I want you. I want to see you give it five stars on Cage Match or ten out of ten on Cage Match. Um, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez are interviewed backstage. Dakota says they have done way more damage to each other than Toxic Attraction can, and Raquel says they have been the most the most dominant before, and they are now again as champions. And um, uh, Barry gets, takes offense to Raquel saying bad news, which is his IP, as he says. Uh, we also see backstage Marcel Bartel is upset about the tag match and Baby and Iker are walking out on him. But Gunther says he doesn't need distractions before he wins the NXT title tonight. And we already gave away he did. Uh, Someone, they're going to get it. Gunther's going to give him chops. They're going to no sell and probably take him out because Gunther's chops are not as strong as Volta chops. <laughs> so, yeah, Raquel, you know, she was controlling her narrative with a generic babyface promo. And it was for some forced laughter in the end. Next <laughs> tag team match. Yes. <laughs> NXT women's tag team titles are on the line. You got Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Toxic Attraction. Commentary tries to explain the quick reunion of Dakota and Raquel. And it doesn't make any sense. Wade was a voice. Wade yes, was a voice. Wade, Wade sounded way more sensible during this whole thing. Vic Joseph sounded silly trying to explain this. Like, oh, you know, the voice is in. Dakota's head really wanted uh, Raquel to really forgive her, and that that's how they got back together. And Wade is just like, no, what did he? She hit her with a shovel. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I'm glad shovel. someone watched it. I, I'm glad someone of the commentary duo watches the show and understand what's going on. But you know, before you, before you get going, this is actually a better match than the last one they had. I, I mean, I mean, the crowd was more engaged to that because the crowd was there. I mean, the crowd wasn't even in their seats as Stan and Deliver on the pre-show, to be fair. Uh, a lot of chatter about uh, Raw on this show in general. We get uh, Joseph brings up some uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi having to defend the WWE Women's Tag Team titles against uh, Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. Dakota uh, takes some quick heat, but then she makes the hot tag to Raquel. However, after a distraction, Gonzalez gets hung up in the Tree of Woe, which re-injures her right knee that took her out of action. Back 
back from break. Raquel makes the, the tag to Kai. She comes in hot, hits consecutive running boots in the corner for a near fall. I really like how she works with Gigi Dolan. Her and Gigi Dolan are like the best parts of these of both tag team matches from Sand and Deliver as well as this one. We get a double team by Kai and Gonzalez, a diving, uh, it's like a diving double foot stomp by Kai, and then the Vader bomb by Gonzalez. Jane gets a near fall off a thrust kiss, a thrust kick on Dakota. Toxic Attraction hits like a code breaker STO combo for a two count. All four women are, are doubled down after a big boot but from uh, Raquel. And then Kai makes the tag to Gonzalez. Gigi reverses a power slam by Raquel into a stunner, which I, I didn't get at first. I literally had to rewind it because I was like, oh, I didn't even realize she did that. Um, then Wendy Chu comes down as in a replay of what happened as they in the liver, but this time Mandy Rhodes attacks her from behind, throws her into the steel steps. Raquel uh, goes for the Chicota bomb on Gigi, but Jane chop blocks her injured knee after Mandy distracts the referee. Toxic Attraction then hits Toxic Shock on Raquel Gonzalez to regain the NXT Women's Tag Team titles because, like we said at the beginning, nothing that happened at Stand and Deliver mattered, ladies and gentlemen, because they just... Hey, let's 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 totally forget this. I thought the match was entertaining. It was a little overbooked uh, for the finish and the hot potato of this titles. Oh my god! The fact that Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai's three day reign as the women's tag team championships with the, as the women's tag team champions is their longest reign as women's tag team champions because three days is greater than 30 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. So it's improvement. Why do they do Raquel and Dakota so dirty with these titles set? You wanted a taste? They gave you a taste. So <laughs> You want a taste? You want a taste? They gave you a taste. So basically, um, I want to say something, because I usually rag on Toxic Attraction sometimes, but this for me was the best performance of JC Jane. I finally learned her name. JC Jane, she did a great neck breaker at one point to Dakota Kai, and I love the STO that Gigi Dolan did, and that stunner was reminiscent of her ex-husband. Just it, know. it was, it was, right, it was. right. You know, what I'm saying? Right. It, took me, it took me a second. I had to rewind it, and I was like, "Oh, I see what you did there." Yeah. <laughs> um, it's brave to do a high and low on Raquel Gonzalez. I'll pull a quad trying to reach my foot up to a, a near six foot tall woman but uh the curse continues the only positive i kind of took from the commentary is the line that vic joseph said whole new dakota kai fingers crossed no more crazy dakota kai this means that she's unbroken uh it, it didn't ladies and gentlemen <laughs> i'll no. just give you the heads up no <laughs> Of what's gonna happen later on in the night because we see Dakota, uh, she's ruining things, she's upset, she's wrecking stuff backstage, clearly having the voices in her head, and she calls out Mandy Rhodes and tells her that she isn't safe, and that sets up out of nowhere later on in the night. They announce we're having Dakota Kai versus Mandy Rhodes next week for the NXT Women's Championship. So my question to you, Seth, is yes. did Dakota drop the tag titles to win the women's championship yes. next week? You know what? Because of the way Michael Hickenbottom's in booking things, I'm gonna say yes. Expect the unexpected. Long-term booking decisions is not like the disease that WWE the main roster have like at the moment is now the same thing for NXT you can't predict like this long journey this is where they're going this is where they're teasing heck yeah give it to Dakota she's been there for a while thank you for having it then lose it next week why not you've got a lot more 
chats by the way just to let you guys know as well yes yes we're gonna finish up one man like you know send them in we're almost done recapping this episode here but a great comment here by uh pomi uh I think that's Pomi. Pomi uh, Wrestling saying, fun fact, Dakota Kai has been so long in NXT. She was there before Mandy Rose's first call-up. Wow. Wow. That's insane. Because <laughs> it flaked. Because she initially did leave. They gave us, like, those, She, you know, the booking of the territory. She lost the last match. You know, get out of here. And then they got cold feet on booking her. But I keep saying, Shotzi needs a tag team partner. I mean, she's got the colorful hair. Just put them together and boom. Yeah. I don't Something remember like the last time Shanti was on TV, to be fair. <sighs> no one does, unfortunately, man. I, I miss Shotzi. They should have just left her on NXT with the like that's someone that should have just stayed on NXT for God's sake. I agree. Like, I agree. She was over. She was one of those people that was doing well in NXT. She's like a Dexter Loom. No, she's better than Dexter Loomis in terms of talent and potential, but she was someone that, you know, she had a whole night, a whole supercard devoted to her. See, so you're going to make me go out on a tangent because now I'm remembering that Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox won like four championship contenders matches against the tag, the women's tag team champions, and they never got a title shot while Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan lost a championship contenders match on the Raw after WrestleMania, but they get a shot next week. This doesn't make sense. Make it make sense. That is usually my main complaint on NXT, on WWE in general. Just make it make sense. Oh, pal, don't dang to remember it next week, pal. <laughs> but on a show where the wins on Stand and Deliver really didn't matter outside of uh, Cameron Grimes earlier in the night, it was nice for the next segment where we had Tony D'Angelo. Uh, he has his made man c- ceremony with AJ Galante is here to introduce Tony D. You have a fun fact about Tony, uh, about AJ Galante? Yeah, so basically, like a lot of people, they're like, who is AJ Galante and why is he there? So, guys, as they briefly mentioned, AJ Galante, if you have Netflix all over the world, guys, check this out. AJ Galante is on his Netflix show called Untold Crime and Penalties, which I watched. He's actually really good. His dad owns like a garbage truck company, which is a front for something else, allegedly, if you know where I'm going with that. So this guy's shoot legit, if you know what I'm talking about. So a fun fact is when AJ was 11 years old, he had a birthday party. SB, ask me who were the guests, the special guests at the party? Uh, oh, Tony me. Soprano, uh, Henry Hill, uh, nope. Joe Pesci. Nope. No, nope. Okay. Triple H, The Rock, HBK, Michael Hickenbottom. See the connection there. And uh, China and Honky Tonk Man. Yes, he had 11-year-old AJ Galanti had wrestlers, his dad had so much stroke, so much power. He's like, hey, you know, uh, my son, he likes the, the, the wrestling thing, you know, just come over. So AJ Galante is a huge wrestling fan. And he's got that connection with Michael Hickenbottom, who, who maybe went to him as a kid. Hey, kid, I'm going to run this company one day and just, you know, I'm going to have you come over. You know what I'm saying? You know, wherever. So AJ Galante is a huge wrestling fan. He did okay in his promo. He did get flustered at one point. He Man, did get flustered. He did. He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you, would you let me, would you let me talk here, huh? Nah, nah. The, the best thing was he went, shut up. I was like, yes. Is it like, is it like a WWE rule that they can't tell fans to shut up now? I loved it. You can tell he broke kayfabe because you can tell he was offended. You're like, hey, uh, 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 you will okay? you shut up, huh? Will you shut up? Because I love what Tony D was like. It's okay. He was getting flustered by it because, bless the guy, he has to remember so much page of dialogue. He was doing well. 
Then he got stuck in the middle, forgetting the number one rule of acting. Improv, improv, improv. But, you know, he's trying to remember his lines. And this should have been point. natural to him. This should have been natural, ladies and gentlemen. Just let him speak like he would have speak when he talks to yeah. some people that work at the, the little garbage truck uh, company. Huh? Yeah, um, hey, 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 yeah. But I was, I was worried about the fans because if he had eye contact and he recognized you, you'll be sleeping with the fishes after the show because that guy's legit. What Tony D is... AJ's about that life, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I like the... the, the stuff. Ladies, huh? Hey, hey, hey. hey, hey. SP should hey. know, because SP is part of a prominent Italian wrestling family, if you will, if you know what I mean. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Um, Tony D has on some handmade Sicilian threads, as uh, Wade Barrett says. Tony says everyone thought he would walk, uh, thought that Tommaso Ciampa would walk right through him, but it didn't happen. And Galanti says, uh, there is a card on this table with his blood, and that signifies he is ready to take the oath of the Don. Uh, when your blood hit that card, you acknowledge that you take this unbreakable bond. And Galanti said, uh, asks Tony if he's ready to take his position. The CWC chants boring. Disrespectful. All of them would get whacked. You know what I'm saying? I'll whack all of them. Everyone will get whacked. I don't care if you didn't say it, you'll get whacked. You should say, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're getting whacked. That. The different, the, who are these people at the CWC? The disrespect is real. You know what you're paying for. This ain't AEW. Heck, this ain't even SmackDown. This is NXT 2.0. American Pie. It's horny. It's full of gimmicks. It's got Dawn. How oh, dare you disrespect Dawn? We'll get to the horny part of the show. Uh, Galanti puts the ring on uh, Tony D to officially present the dawn of NXT, Tony D'Angelo. And they have they have a drink of wine. And now he has a new graphic saying that he's the dawn of NXT. And he comments on this segment here. Oh, yeah. Uh, so why I want to ask you a question, um, SP, is should AJ become the official second to because I feel like a character like Tony D, he needs someone to interact with. I'm enjoying, I feel like fleshes out the character more. Yeah, he does a promo here and there and goes to a restaurant and locks people in the booth. I he needed that kind of development where you see more of his world. So I despite being flustered, AJ Galant is clearly a huge wrestling fan, and I'm enjoying his involvement for however long it's gonna be. It could be like Mama Benjamin, it could be as long as you know Bob Orton Jr. You know, like I don't know the length is gonna be, but I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. Did you enjoy the presentation and the collective duo? What they bring yeah, to the we, we we said this last week. He needs to build his family, and they kind of uh, tease that he probably should build his family because later, because later on in the night the 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 the, 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 the mexicans came up to the italians as tony d and aj galanti walk outside of the cwc and they are greeted by legato del fantasma and with santos escobar congratulating tony on his victory at uh at a uh, takeover at uh, nxt a uh, stand and deliver uh and escobar says keep his business out of legato business and everything will be okay which sets up co a collision war of these two mob families what did you think about that exchange there i i'm literally praying they're going to the seat they're going to the performance center and, and they're looking at a couple of guys you're gonna be part of it's the only i'm i'm assuming this is the beginning he's now the dawn you've got aj galanti who's legit part of a family that does things <laughs> allegedly and 
the next part is to introduce a couple of guys. I, I legit am thinking this is going to lead to a feud where Legado is not turn, turning babyface because they have been babyface with the crowd for a while. Unfortunately, it's going to keep, you know, <laughs> Santos Escobar longer in the developmental system. He's going he's to age some more. Which is gonna ruin his ceiling, <laughs> you know. That's what I'm worried about. The ceiling of him doing well on the main roster is getting smaller. Even LA Knight, the fact we haven't seen him, fingers crossed, he's, he's, he's appearing on SmackDown. But yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I'm hoping this is now the beginning of the family appearing. Yeah, the Donnie's, you know, couple. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's why he didn't have a crew because he was a maid. Now he's made. Give him a couple of guys, a couple of Goonies, a couple of Joey Numbers, you know. Oh, Joey Numbers. We're going to see the real life Joey Numbers, man. All right, mm. all right. Tony he still needs a job. Like, hit him up. Hit him hit, hit up Nunzio and uh, treat him. Uh, Yo, no, for real. Get them all in there. Uh, so we get a new uh, NXT Tag Team Champions. They have a quick interview. They say they talk about the ups and downs over the last year. MSK talk about the Creed saying that they didn't get pinned, but they're busy with Pretty Deadly. And they said, they told you, they told you they didn't attack them in the, in the parking lot. And then Grayson Waller and Senka the Thunder interrupt and call MSK idiots. Waller has an arm brace after that huge, huge Hardaway uh, elbow drop that totally hit the ladder bridge uh, the wrong way at Stand and Deliver. Grayson says he made the most noise and went viral at Stand and Deliver. And MSK says he made some noise whining in pain backstage at Stand and Deliver. And Grayson and Senka say that they will they will take the title. So that sets up next week, the NXT Tag Team Championships on the line, MSK versus Senka the Thunder and Grayson Waller. What do you think? Uh, I put down Grayson Wall and Sanger the Thunder seem to be next up. Uh, Sanger used to be a tag, in a tag team called Indoshare with Veer. I guess he couldn't stand Veer making his debut. Sanger's like, you ain't gonna steal my thunder. He didn't want to be outshone by his former tag team partner. MSK, this, the segment is always a lot of corny humor, which it, no offense to MSK. They're probably cool guys in real life, but their presentation, I could sniff the plastic, the phoniness of their performance. I don't find it funny. I don't find them cool. I just find them like a couple of dweebs. They're great in the ring, but personality wise, they're a couple of dweebs to me, unfortunately. I'm just not feeling them personality wise. When they talk, I'm like, <sighs> next. <laughs> they try They try their best to be like the NXT version of New Day. Never. Just, yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't connect in the same way. I wish they were in a treehouse having their little circle like that 70s show again. That's where they showed their most character when they were in Impact Wrestling. Give me some Rascal's Treehouse in, NX, in NXT. They kind of did that with, with Riddle, with the Shaman. So bring, give us that a little bit more. I would like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nash Carter, man, he's been on the news for Twitter for, for some reason, right? Back and forth. Moving on swiftly. Guys. Oh, yes. Um, Kushida uh, also had a backstage vignette showing what happened last week with Vaughn Wagner attacking Gyro and ripping his jacket. And Kushida says he's not scared of Vaughn Wagner and his time is up. And that leads us all to finally the main event of the evening. So last, last call for Mocha Chats before we finish up for this edition of NXT 2.0. And it was the thirst trap match of the, of the night. It was Nikita Lions versus Lash Legend. The CWC fans were behind Lions. Both women trip each other up at one point, and then they both do a kip up at the same time. I was impressed by that. Uh, we also had Legend with a nice little pump kick for someone that I think is very green. 
mm-hmm. think that she did well in this matchup. She, she did, followed yeah. up with an elbow drop to the back. Of course, we get we got to get a rest hold in there. Front chin lock by Legend. Uh, Lash goes for a cartwheel moonsault, which looked good, but she didn't connect on it, really. And <laughs> it still She's looked too good. Tall. But- She's too tall. That's what it was. Yeah, it still looked good for the most part. Uh, Nikita hits a German suplex, leading to a suplex city chant. <laughs> I was like, CWC was making me laugh on this edition. I got to hand it to them. Uh, strike exchange ends with Nikita Lyons uh, hitting a roundhouse kick. Lyons hits a superplex for the first time. A Lash Legend took a superplex. I was I was shocked by this. Uh, Legend goes for a jackknife pin for a two count, but Lyons finally puts Legend away with a spinning roundhouse and then her split pin, which I'm going to call, call Don't Drop That Dump da Dump. Don't drop that dunk da Don't That was a lot better than I expected, honestly. It was. Both uh, Lash and Lions brought some new stuff here. So I actually enjoyed this because I wasn't expecting much. Listen, I think that's what it was. We all had lower expectations. Ladies and gentlemen, this was the main event of wrestling Twitter. One of my favorite people that I follow on, on, on Twitter, Cam Hawkins. He named it Yamburi. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it was Yamburi 2021. These are the nicknames that I took out and I love the most. You had Nikita Lyons, aka Squirt Hennig, Yam Yam Bigelow, The American Cream, Busty Rhodes, Suplexus, Texas. <laughs> The American Creed, Busty Rhodes. It was the immovable object versus the irresistible force. Like last week when you had Ivy Nile and Tiffany Stratton, it was a test of two rookies with not much under the belt in terms of wrestling matches. They had a decent matches. I didn't have high hopes, but I knew it would be a visual spectacle. I wasn't expecting catches, catch, can moves in the ring, but it was a visual spectacle. And it was an athletic, sometime lumbering match. But Nikita Sean Bright, when doing her kicks, she had an educated feet, as JR would say, and much more nowadays. It was a great superplex <laughs> from Lions, who seemed to have an edge in terms of in-ring IQ. Nikita did her tornado kick. And then she did her split spin. I always get some big reactions, kind of like the rock doing the rock bottom people's elbow afterwards. Yeah. But uh, I, I worry because, you know, doing the splits all the time, I feel like, you know, Triple H would tell you, you can tear a cord by walking. Nash would tell you that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just worried about doing the splits a lot because it doesn't seem comfortable all the time. At least do like an earthquake style, you know, jump, 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 sit on your face. <laughs> it was a battle. <laughs> With the, with the earthquake. The listen, earthquake. listen. It was a battle of BBWs. It was the battle we've been waiting for. Let's revisit that at WrestleMania some point. Thigh velocity, ladies and gentlemen. Thigh energy was all in this one. Uh, this this had a lot of shikishi. That's a good one, Brian. <laughs> very, very nice. But yes, this was the one that a lot of a lot of uh, wrestling Twitter was active about. Shout out to Cam. He was he's he's always great when it comes to uh, Nikita Lyons ever since her debut. Mm. Uh, but yes, that I, I I like I said I thought it was better than I expected. So. I give it up for this. But overall, this show had a lot of bad that I didn't enjoy at all. And uh, I thought the main event was very good. I thought the opener was good. I thought the tag team title match with the women's tag team titles on the line, I thought that was that was good. But just the bad on this show really brought it down a bit. So I got to go a thumbs in the middle for me this week. What about you? 
thumbs in the middle. I think we're gonna be thumbs in the middle kind of guys because yeah, we do our best thumbs. Oh yeah, I'm, pre I'm pressing my thumb. My, my thumb is just going thumb war. One, two, three, four. I declare a thumb yeah, war. Thumb war. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we do our best. I think doing this show, guys, we're gonna make sure you guys enjoy watching us. It's like a couple. We're all friends here. We're gonna have banter. We're gonna laugh. We're not gonna be too depressed about what, what we see because newsflash, that's never gonna change. NXT is going to be perplexing. NXT 2.0 is going to be perplexing. And we're just going to, we're here for the ride. We're here to make sure that you guys enjoy yourself and have some banter, some laughter over Michael Hickenbottom, Booker of the Year. So now, on to some mocha chats. Let's go. Donating five dollars. He's back. He's back again. Mayor Payne's real dad. Pretty deadly. More like the modern version of modern talking. Modern modern talking. Soon they will be singing, Brother Louis, Sherry, Sherry, Lady, and you're my heart, you're my soul on live TV. <laughs> you, you know when references just jump out of your head, you're like, yes. yes. Someone in the chat gets it. Someone in the chat gets it. <laughs> That one went over my head, damn. I, I tried my best. Okay, I, I tried okay. my best. I was trying to shazam my, my brain as I was saying it. I was like, it must be song lyrics or something. Tell me in the chat or on Twitter. But thank you for donating. Yes. Four day morning. Donated $5. He said, Gunter just looked like a regular ass dude now. I hate it. Love Mocha 2.0, Uh I love you too, brother. But hey, listen, Gunter is in great condition, guys. I would have another way. He's healthy. He's agile. Is the booking that's the issue, not his look, guys. Remember that. Kevin yeah. donated five dollars. Wait, so did Dakota Kai cash in her loss for her shot at Mandy Rose? What is going on? If Shawn Michaels okay? Also, WTF? Are they doing two voter giving him a random title match? The biggest question, though. Why do I care? <laughs> I is mean, it caps? <laughs> Why do I care? Of, one of my big questions on this show was, where's Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray? They won the Dusty Cup for nothing. <laughs> for nothing. They lost in their Fatal 4-Way. They, they don't even get NXT Women's Tag Team title shots. Yeah, ho hopefully they're on SmackDown because SmackDown needs, you know, a fresh stock of, of women and men. I hope that's where we're going to see Tommaso. No, I hope Tommaso Ciampa's on Raw. So he could edge. Yes, he could join Edge's grand jury. I'm telling you guys, WWE trademark the grand jury. That's going to be the name of the stable. I'm punishment you know right now. Punish the punishment of of the guilty. Punishment Martinez, and then you got Tommaso Ciampa. He's going to be the black the black heart, heart. The, the black heart of of the guilty and the innocent. So the nightman of brutality will be coming as well, maybe. Exactly. Look at look at look at how we're shaping this this Edge stable. So hopefully Tommaso Ciampa is going to be on Raw next week, and we could start the journey to him joining the Grand Jury, and then we put LA Knight on on SmackDown along with Io Shirai, King Ray. Yeah, throw throw all of them. Hopefully that's the reason we didn't see any of those people. Carmelo Hayes did explain he was not on the show because he needed the, the night off after losing his title. Course, so hopefully course, he's course. back on next week because we all know Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes is my favorite part of this show. One more Mocha Chats here from Kristen Skulls. Donating 
$5. Glad I caught you live. So here's my first UC in a while. When did you guys, what, when, do you, when, what do you guys think Cody will stop? Oh, when do you guys think Cody will stop being the son of the son of a plumber and start to be his own man? And will he be able to have an unscripted promos when the shine of the new toy has worn off? My question is, when will Charlotte Flair stop feeding off her dad's legacy and evolve as her own persona? I love Charlotte Ooh, Flair. No, no, no. It's maybe not. Is it a hot take? I feel like that's the reason why they boo her. It's kind of like every one of the four horsewomen have evolved characters. You know what I'm saying? Heck, you know what I'm saying? Bailey's evolved from NXT. Yeah. Uh, Sasha, she's the boss, but she's had. She's not the blueprint and the standard, though. Yeah, exactly. So you saved me there because I was, I was going to photo. I was like, has she changed? She changed the song. She changed, <laughs> she changed the, music. Hair she changed the hair color. Yeah, exactly. Hair color. So, exactly. She's the blueprint now. And then you've got Bailey, who is what she used to call herself the role model. She's the role model now. Charlotte, she was the queen and she's still the queen. She's the opportunity, which I like. This, this, that's the one thing. I do like, of course, of the opportunity. I like the fact that she's dressing more like a, a Disney queen. So villain. basically, so basically, how we evolve characters is giving them a new nickname. That's that's what how WWE evolves characters. Give them a new nickname. It's a whole fresh coat of paint. That's how you Seth didn't know Rollins that. Went, Seth Rollins went from the architect to uh, Monday Night Rollins to it went from Legend Killer to the Viper. Only is Predator. <laughs> Exactly. So why is that Charlotte just needs a tweak in a presentation, which is give her a new generic song because that's what she's going to get. She's going to get a generic song because Death Rebel is hit or miss when it comes to songs. I like some of their stuff. We'll talk about it one day, top five Death Rebel tracks, whatever. But Charlotte Flair, she comes across as someone that is mooching off her father's legacy, unfortunately, because she's great in the ring. She's had some bangers, but she's had rubbish title reigns because of Rush It, which is not her fault. And like Paul Heyman said, she hasn't tapped into her greatness yet. Guys, we haven't seen the best version of Charlotte. That's what is, is frustrating because she's actually talented. She's not a David Flair. She's actually really good. But to answer to answer the question about Cody Rhodes, uh, he's always been kind of the grandson of a plumber. He's been that for years. It just when he went when he left WWE and you know he did have a, he did evolve a lot honestly during his WWE run because he was just Dusty's son for a while. Then he was Cody Cody Rhodes C A W. Remember those days? Yeah. You look like a created wrestler. Cody he Rhodes. He did. Then he went to the legacy Cody Rhodes. Then he was dashing Cody Rhodes, undashing Cody Rhodes, brought back the Intercontinental Championship. My guy. Uh, then he was then he was back to being Dusty's son and Dustin's brother for a while in their tag team. Then he became Stardust. And then he left WWE. He became the grandson of a plumber, the American Nightmare. And he's been that character for now, what, six, seven years. And now it was, he basically, his character was when he was outside of WWE, WWE, he was going to redeem his family by going out and creating a whole new world, creating more opportunities for wrestlers and being like a revolutionary. It's all about the revolution. That's why he said it so much. He was rage against the machine. And now he's within the machine trying to, he's, he's like, he's like Neo when he, when they plug him in, 
<laughs> he's Neo when they plug him in, and he's trying to fight Mr. Anderson to take over the Matrix. This is basically Matrix Revolution, ladies and gentlemen. That's all Cody really is now. He's inside the machine trying to redeem his family once again. Also, all the things that he wants to do in terms of completing his legacy, he couldn't do an AEW because at a time when he was an AEW, he was the biggest star. But then he set the table, which everyone of everyone else is feeding off. And then he realized there's no space for him at the table anymore. So he took his bag and went back for the opportunity of making more money and also fulfilling the destiny that his dad, because Dusty Rhodes was the biggest fan of Cody. From OVW days as Cody Runnels, former OVW's yeah. heavyweight champion, he said that his son will become a big star. He has to fulfill that destiny. I want him to, because I've been following his career since he was Dustin Runnels, OVW. I see that, that kid who go on the OVW website seeing who's the new wrestlers on the roster who may be coming down the line. That's how much of a wrestling fan I was back in the day. But yeah, Cody Rhodes is a better American nightmare than Dustin Rhodes in WCW. So, you know what I'm saying? He's hey, much better. Yeah, there's that. There's that. We've seen a lot more evolution in Cody than we ever did in Dustin until he came to WWE and became Goldust. So that is a wrap on this edition of Mocha 2.0. Sat, any closing remarks or final thoughts on NXT 2.0? Guys, call the cops. A, a pensioner is locked in a cage. We should not laugh and make jokes. Did you see the distress in his face? Bronson! Good job, son. That's the best acting he's ever done. I, he seems like Rick Steiner because he used to be, I'm going to fight my brother. You know, I'm going <laughs> to... When he was talking to Chucky, when he was talking to Chucky, that's, yeah. the best, that's the best promo ever. Go out of your way. After this ends, go out of your way and just put in YouTube Rick Steiner versus Chucky. The best promo that Rick Steiner ever had before last night. I'm looking forward to Exion Quinn versus... <laughs> I would need, need you to stop calling him Ixtial Quinn. That's his name. <laughs> Guys, I'm saying it right. So, yes, Sad, we, we talked about that crazy uh, eventful to say the least, uh, episode of NXT 2.0. I'm going to give you another chance, another alley. You can ask me anything you want about the actual family and not go into a whole rant about AJ Galanti that True. sets me up to let people know <laughs> that DX <laughs> turned heel way before WrestleMania 15. I I'm going to be honest. I feel like it's a common conversation we have off camera, <laughs> friend to friend. Because I was going to ask you, how did you meet your, you know, your, your missus like there's so many things even like for example how she, you know she knows the british bulldog's daughter makes more sense now <laughs> <laughs> see see you get it they would bet they would best say she, she what she does tell me was when she was a kid she used to go to a lot of wwe events of course because uncle gino was the president back in those days and um she she met a lot of different wrestlers she said owen hart was like her favorite because he was so good with the kids uh, you know, bless his heart and, you know, RIP to Scott Hall. But she said he was an absolute jerk to her. But the worst person to her, unsurprisingly, was Jim Cornette, who who one time told her that um, kids are just here. Kids are just uh, need to be beaten. Um, yes. Yeah. Kids need to be beaten because he felt like the kids backstage were making too much too much noise. And she never forgot that and always held it against him. And I was like. 
this makes a whole lot of sense. If you if you see what Jim Cornette, the type of person Jim Cornette is over the last couple of years, you this this lines up very well. So SP3 saying he never smacks his kid, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm getting from this. He, he doesn't no. condone it. <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, if, if she's getting out of hand or touching something she's not supposed to, a little, a little pop out on the hand that ain't that ain't nothing. A little, little smack. My, my daughter, my chop. Daughter, my, daughter, chop. <laughs> my daughter no sells the, the 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 tops on the back on the on the butt. She she no sells it. Yeah, my son, my son. I literally never had a reason to hit my to uh, even give the pow pow to my son at all because he just he's very chill. He just wants to watch Thomas the Train. Even if even if my daughter wants to turn the channel, he's like. He just shrugs. He's like, he's very much me as a kid. I'm about as, to say that. I was, I, mean, the, I was the I was the exact opposite of what I am today. Is I was a very quiet kid that just wanted to watch wrestling on TV. Oh, okay. I got. I got. Listen, I feel like this is a question I want to ask you off camera because I want to off camera if you tell me how you met your missus. People don't deserve this. This is a Patreon quality questions. <laughs> I'll be asking Maji. That's why the members only get this part of the story. They don't get everything else, but they did get everything else with the NXT 2.0 review. But that is all for this time for this post show. We'll talk maybe more about the family. Maybe we'll talk about Euphoria next week. But that is all. For the NXT 2.0 review for Russell Talk podcast, go over, subscribe if you haven't already. I know plenty of you have because you're members and that's why you're watching this. But stay tuned for tomorrow when we got the AEW Dynamite review with Luke and Ali. And this has been Mocha 2.0 with SP3 and Sat E. We will see you next Wednesday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.